Welcome to Discoculia Headlines Weekly, a podcast where we share news, information, resources, tips and tricks about Discoculia. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and then search for Discoculia Headlines. You can also find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and then click on the podcast page. The cost of learning disability diagnosis, math troubles may not only be dyscalculia, growing up with undetected dyscalculia, the language of math, and distant learning is not that bad. This is our podcast for week 33 of 2021, and we welcome Dr. Söder, the founder of Dyscalculia Services, to help us review the links of this week. Welcome, Dr. Söder. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We're glad that you're here because some of these links are very interesting but we want your views on it the first one is about the cost of the diagnosis for learning disabilities is that not free well it should be free following the requirements of the law the public schools should provide assessments for learning disability at no cost to the parents there are however a lot of obstacles that get in the way of these free assessments well some schools require the child to fail twice in a particular topic before they start the process of getting an assessment. Well, that's great that you're like three years behind. Yes, or more. And uh, we are just uh, campaigning to get the kids tested before they fail. So that's kind of the opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> yes. Okay, there can be a lack of resources. So I do understand that schools uh, have an issue. Um, and there might be a waiting period because you don't have uh, enough uh, diagnosticians. Right. Also, there might be infamiliar infamiliarity with a certain uh, learning disability. If you don't know it exists, you don't ask for it and you also don't diagnose it. <laughs> yeah, right. That's one thing. There's also about 10% of the students who attend private schools. And uh, private schools do not have the same uh, requirements to pay for assessments. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the school does, but not all of them do. So then people who do not want to wait for the schools or are in a school that doesn't provide it, will have to go to a private um, assessor to get a educational diagnosis right. for their children. Yeah. But now there's another thing, the prices uh, from those um, can vary and uh, certainly can range upward from a thousand dollars. So it's understandable that this blocks many children, all these <coughs> uh, things combined from getting the assessments they deserve for the support they deserve. And we try to keep, uh, uh, this is one of the, the things we, we really try to do is keep the cost of our assessments as low as possible. And um, we luckily are nowhere near what some other private uh, assessors are, but you know, there's still a cost uh, involved. Although right now there are several screening instruments that are free online that I would definitely uh, suggest people to right. use and take that to the school so that can actually speed up the process that okay. the school sees there is an issue and might, um, might trigger them in to provide a, a, a little a, bit faster. Right. Okay, yeah. So do, go to discoculiascreener.org uh, and do some of the uh, free screening tools there or the low-cost online uh, test 
and then take that to school and see if that triggers them yeah. into uh, becoming a little bit more active. That's a good uh, good reason for parents to check in on our various sites. Now, our next link talks about mad troubles, not all be dyscalculia. How's that? I thought that dyscalculia was the only mad trouble in the world. Well, no, 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 no. What? Uh, this comes from an article from Karen Archer that caught our eye. And she explains about dyscalculia, what it is, and what to do about it. And one paragraph is actually very interesting. And uh, we uh, put it on our website also. So let me read it to you. Math difficulties are best thought of as a continuum, not a distinct category. So is dyscalculia at one end of the spectrum <coughs> distinguishable from other math issues due to the severity of difficulties uh, with number sense, including subitizing and symbolic and non-symbolic magnitude comparison and ordering. So dyscalculia can occur in isolation but often co-occurs with other specific learning dif difficulties. So, estimates of that vary, but most experts believe that between 3 to 6% of the population have symptoms of dyscalculia, and therefore, although your child might be struggling with math, it's unlikely that he or she is truly uh, dyscalculic. So there are a lot of other things that go on here, and her point is, that there's a range of math troubles, like I said. Dyscalculia is on the one end, but that also can come in different severities. So dyscalculia in itself is also not a one-size-fits-all uh, <coughs> one uh, diagnosis. So uh, let's be sure there are more issues that can cause math troubles, so it's always good to get a diagnosis to be sure and also to know uh, where your student is, what strategies he or she can already apply, so you have a good idea what is the next thing that is attainable for them. Okay, well, diagnosis seems to be the uh, the theme for, uh, for, for the links of this week. The <laughs> next link is about growing up with undetected dyscalculia. That must be a horrible ordeal. Yes, that's not easy. And the writer from this article called Kelly M., describes her life uh, in school without a diagnosis of a learning disability, so also not having any accommodations, no support, and no understanding by the teachers, unfortunately. Now, it became a life filled with mental health problems and all related diagnosis from there. So eventually, the diagnosis dyscalculia was reached. And after the treatment of the mental health issues and implementing the proper accommodations, she now turned into an A and B student. That is amazing. So a that great is amazing. story. That's a um, good story. And it definitely underlines again, like you say, getting a good diagnosis as soon as you things go, uh, are going south with their mouth. So don't wait. They deserve the support, and this story is a great reminder of the success that may lay ahead for them. Okay. Well, okay. For a little break from the diagnosis uh, uh, issues, uh, <laughs> the next link refers to the language of math, also sometimes confusing, I think. Yes, this is an article written by Erin Null from Corwin Mathematics, and she talks about the language of math and how some words or phrases can be confusing and what alternatives to use instead. 
Now, some words are just confusing, like borrowing, that we teach the children well. You don't actually borrow, you never give that number back. So why call it that? A better word would be to regroup the numbers. Regroup a 10 into 10 ones or regroup a 100 into 10 tens. And she calls on all teachers to clean up their language and use clear uh, alternatives in order not to confuse the, the students when they are doing math because they tend to remember your uh, explanations verbatim and then they um, they think that that is the uh, the basic concept okay so we already mentioned that borrowing or carrying can be replaced by regrouping and we don't say plusing or timesing but it's obviously adding and multiplying um, we can say that 2 plus 2 makes 4, but it's equal. It's better to say 2 plus 2 equals 4, because it goes two ways. 4 equals also 2 plus right, 2. Right, right. And then the last one, with division, goes into, like 5 goes into 8 once. Well, that is really uh, confusing. And a better approach would be to say, uh, to mention groups. So as in how many groups of five are there in eight. Okay. And that supports the meaning of multiplication and when students realize also that uh, four, uh, four multiplied by five or five times four is five groups of four as they are introduced to division and then later do that uh, backwards. So, yeah. So it's a good time to clean up the sloppy language and uh, make sure the kids uh, do not get uh, confused. So I guess we have to just rewrite all those uh, math books and for well, the 50 states. Sloppy, <laughs> you say sloppy, but I think those uh, terms were invented uh, by teachers to help the kids um, to make it easier to use um, vernacular, to, to, to use the simple language right. instead of the difficult mathematical language but if you take time to explain the mathematics in mathematical language research says that uh, students actually benefit from that so that's a good message to have for the uh, for the teachers it was well meant it's absolutely so now that brings us to our last link, and that is about the distant learning that's going on everywhere now in this pandemic. And uh, and here it says, it may not be so bad after all. How about that? Well, yes, um, in this time of pandemic, many lessons are now um, online. And it has many disadvantages. I, I definitely need to mention that in terms of loss of social interaction, uh, less of opportunity for the teacher to work with a student one-on-one, -on -one, less opportunity to work with actual uh, hands-on physical manipulatives. And this article, though, highlights also some of the benefits. There is a silver lining here that it might not um, be immediately visible. Now, let me mention the absence of bullying on the bus right. or in the class. Right. So, also, you can have nice lunches at home instead of some dreary cafeteria. 
there's less social conflict and um, hopefully less distractions. Yeah, that depends. That depends <laughs> on how the uh, situation at home is, obviously. But if the student can sit in a in a room of their own, is a computer of his or her own, then that is definitely less distractions. And then uh, we have the introduction of wonderful digital manipulatives that are easier to apply on a Zoom. You can easily switch from one to another system. Um, and that uh, might actually be um, easier than do it on a whiteboard in front of a classroom. So yes, it is a mixed bag, but there are also some uh, good aspects of that distant learning. And I agree with the writer of the article that those benefits have gone pretty much uh, underappreciated until now. Until now, yes, absolutely. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Schroeder, for coming in and sharing your views with us uh, today. We hope to see you back next week. Dr. Schroeder, the founder of Descoculia Services. Now she was talking about uh, uh, teaching online also studying online and what you can do my dear listeners you can go online and follow dr schroeder's trainings also online if you go to discoculiatraining.org you'll find all her trainings and they're all fully online discoculia headlines weekly is a production from discoculiaheadlines.com you can find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and we are on twitter at discoculiahead you can also find us on Facebook, we have a board on Pinterest and on Flipboard. Search for Discoculia Headlines or follow the links on our webpage. You can send your questions, comments and contributions to communications at discoculiaheadlines.com and we may even discuss it in one of our upcoming podcasts. We hope this was useful for you and until next week, you can count on us.